It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, November 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that appreciates Claude Giroux. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers to keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. Russ Cohen is also on Twitter at Sportsology. Today we're going to talk about last night's kind of heartbreaker, kind of relief. It's a weird mix of feelings about last night's game against the Lightning. We're looking towards the Bruins this weekend and we'll finish up with the gritty thing of the week. Lockdown Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Sports Network. All right, Russ. So I, again, like I just said in the intro, I'm not sure how to feel about this game because I'm simultaneously elated by the fact that they tied it up and forced the overtime. The overtime was one of the most exciting overtimes I've seen in a very long time for the Flyers and honestly in the NHL overall. And so there was a lot of fun there and we're lucky to get a point. But at the same time, they really struggled in large portions of this game, did not get a power play goal. And, uh, you know, it's kind of this weird, mushy middle ground. It is. Um, I can tell you post-game Elaine Vigneault was not thrilled with the effort. He glossed it over. He said, as usual, there were great looks and, you know, praised Claude Giroux and Carter Hart, all the things you had to do. But he didn't want to stay there long because he knew just what you said, that they got outplayed for long stretches in this game. And there were long stretches in this game where they didn't have shots either. So those were the things that certainly annoyed him. He didn't have much of an answer for it. You know, that said, Carter Hart did keep him in the game. Uh, Giroux really did set the tone early. There was a great goal, goal early, but... Uh, when they were up to nothing, you know, the lightning, I, I was saying to somebody who sits next to me in the press box that the lightning are going to come out harder and faster in this period, especially point and the second period. And they did Braden point seemed like he played every other shift in the second period. They tie the game up and, you know, eventually do go down in the game and then did tie it up with 10 seconds to go. So they did get a point. They definitely were looking for more. And I do think this is a situation now where also Elaine Vigneault is not really answering Kevin Hayes questions. I, I, I think he's going to be out for, you know, more than a few games here. And so you're at this point where, you know, you bring up Max Willman and I still think they should have brought up Morgan Frost. Cause I think when you're going to, especially when you're going to go play a team like this, you want to have all the offensive firepower you, you could have. And, and they didn't necessarily have that, but it was a pretty good game. It was a great overtime, like you said. One of the best I've seen. Victor Hedman was just a monster, an absolute monster. 
with with the size that he has and the skating that he can do and the reach, he controlled everything for Tampa in that in that overtime. The Flyers still got some good shots off, but not many. And and he was a big reason why. So, you know, Hart went, you know, punch for punch with Vasilevsky. That part was successful. The uh, the part that wasn't successful is, yes, they got more than two goals, but they still didn't get a win. And they scored first and didn't get the win. So there's a few things now that, again, I think we're at this new middle ground for them where, okay, they're going to be without Hayes for a little while. They're without Ellis for a long time. Are you just reshuffling the deck chairs with, with the guys you have here? So I want to go back and talk about a few of the things you touched on just now. First off, in terms of, you know, the Tampa controlling large stretches of the game, I do want to give the Flyers some credit because in the third period, Tampa went a very long time without getting a shot on goal. And I think the Flyers absolutely dominated that third period. I mean, there were like little bits where Tampa had had good looks and obviously they scored that goal uh, to take the 3-2 lead. But I think that the Flyers did have a pretty successful third period. They did. I mean, they were better in th- than Tampa in the third. That's true. No doubt about it. Yeah. And I, I also want to talk about the Max Willman call up and then we'll get into the Kevin Hayes situation but I think you're you're right and you're wrong there at the same time because I think that Max Wellman was the right call up in this situation because he already has played a couple of games and with a last minute emergency situation you want somebody who is already a lot more comfortable with the team and they can throw him on the fourth line and he'll be fine. And honestly, that fourth line played pretty decently. Noticed a lot of effort from Willman and from Zach McEwen. Again, some some real good forechecking there. So I do think that's the right call. Ultimately, long term, Frost is the guy you want to call up. And I think in a more regular planned situation, that would have made more sense. Well, I mean, do you want Max Willman in there against Boston or do you want Morgan Frost? I probably want Morgan Frost, but that's because they would have time to plan it and have a practice. You know, you think, I think with do you Morgan think Frost, you're going to get Morgan Frost in that game. I don't. I don't think we're going to. No, see him. I don't think so either. And I, I just think that in a planned situation, I think that's more conducive to creating a successful environment for Morgan Frost, where he gets a practice in and he knows he's going in. Whereas I think Max Willman is like, oh, whatever. I'll, I'll go play and I'll be fine. So, you know, I think with potential line shuffling, Morgan Frost can get shuffled up the line, you know, up the lineup a little bit more easily. So, you know, we'll see what happens with this. But I I do think they made the right call in this particular game. And then, you know, related to that call up, the Kevin Hayes situation, AV is looking more and more this season like a lying liar who lies. And he... This is AV. I I mean, I've covered it for a very long time, you know. Yeah. I mean, part of me is upset about it because, you know, with him being cagey about it in the afternoon yesterday and, you know, we won't know till game time. And then we figure it out because he's the one guy not out there for warmups. And I I understand, understand, you know, know, if if it's it's a medical medical issue, issue, there's there's privacy privacy issues around that. There's also, you know, if they don't know, then they just don't know, right? But at the same time, just the way that he talks about it is just, it feels, it just feels insulting 
Yeah, I would say it like this. I'm used to sort of AV speak, so the way I would handle this and the reason I figured he wasn't playing until we knew for sure was he did say he thought Kevin would play, you know, when the early quotes this morning. But then there was also this, well, there are a couple of guys that maybe won't play. And I knew he was going to be one of those guys. Once he said that, it didn't matter to me about the first quote. Like, I'd just been around him long enough to to kind of figure that part out. So now it's like, well, I'll talk to you in 48 to 72 hours. So that's an awful, that's not a guessing timeline. That's a timeline to see if this current tweak goes away. Because if it doesn't, it's going to be a little longer. And I feel like when he fell down on the ice and then, you know, he went off, what was it, like the second period, he shouldn't have come back in the third. Many of us felt like he shouldn't have come back in the third, but he did. And I think now we're looking at a situation where he could be slightly injured or re-aggravating or you have that scar tissue or whatever it is, but it's probably going to keep him out longer than just the Bruins game, I think. Yeah, and, you know, that to me sounds like they have to do more tests, which, you know, takes two to three days Yeah, to do the tests and figure out what a course of action is before they're going to tell any of us what's going on there. So... You know, I think that timeline makes sense, but the fact that they have to do more tests is worrisome. And, you know, Claude Drew is said after the game that, you know, we, we'll just roll with it. And that's great and all, but I, I think that that leaves like a little bit of a missing link in the lineup. And, you know, even though they did shuffle the lines a little bit, and I think some of it worked. Like I, I didn't hate Giroux on the line with Broussard and Atkinson, and it certainly worked out for Giroux. So, you know, if they have to do without Kevin Hayes, there are some options. But like we said before, I think ultimately, I think Morgan Frost is the solution here. Yeah, they do need an injection of something because, again, this game was 10 seconds away from just being a complete loss, right? <clears throat> that may be the negative way of looking at it, but we all thought it was probably lost. And then you get this great goal, and then it's like, okay, that was very fortunate. So it, it worked out. It's not always going to work out that way. And I know Giroux is just used to weathering the storm and saying, yeah, we'll kind of do this. But I think AV has to look at this like the Metro is a killer division this year. And nobody thinks the Islanders are going to stay in last place. So if that's the case, every point matters to the point where if you don't think your offense can score three or four goals every game, or at least three, they did this one, uh, then you probably should try and add more offense. Well, I think that uh, the Thanksgiving game or the Black Friday game will be a good like touch point in terms of how they're doing in the in the current mindset. And of course, that makes me think about Thanksgiving and all of the good food and treats you're going to get. But there's another option out there if you want something that's not so full of calories and sugar, and that's Built Bar. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. You can replace a slice of pie with a Built Bar, whether it's coconut or raspberry. So many good flavors to choose from. They're low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. 
There will be new surprises all month with limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So before you head to the Flyers game on Black Friday, mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your podcasting platforms. So, Russ, I'm just wondering, heading into this game versus the Bruins here, where the Bruins actually have not played since last Sunday when they beat the Habs 5-2. to two. It's a very weird schedule. We've been talking about this for the Flyers as well, but that's like almost a week off in between games. So the Bruins could either be rusty or they could be re-energized and... I think, you know, if if it's the latter, the Flyers might struggle a little bit coming off of this game. What do you think? It's hard. You know, I've seen a lot of the Bruins, as we all have. It is hard to say which way it's going to go for that. I think what we might see is both teams sort of feeling each other out early. It might be one of those where, you know, not much is happening early. They're both kind of playing it safe seeing where they're at. The Flyers may not have as much adrenaline, like you said. Now, um, after the injuries and maybe not fully uh, recovered from, you know, the the loss of that, you know, that first game is always one where you definitely uh, can get things together and, you know, sort of do it for the Gipper. But, I, I you know, this is this will be a close game. It's interesting in the fact that Tuka Rask might be close to coming back and they're starting to be that talk now and so you kind of wonder would the Bruins start to rally behind that it's not happening against the Flyers and it's probably not happening uh, until like middle of December or end of December or something like that at the earliest but you wonder if that's going to add a little spark to them it's hard to say but I do think it'll be a tough game it's always the Bruins it's always going to be fighting for every inch you know Cassidy definitely plays a tough brand of hockey make sure his team does when they're here so it ain't gonna be easy yeah I I don't know after this game I I just wonder where the Flyers go from here it's just like I said it's a weird spot that they're in in terms of their lack of ability to play a full 60 minute game but they have shown resiliency And I'm just having a lot of trouble characterizing this team overall. And when you look at a team like the Bruins, you know exactly who they are and what their capabilities are and like what is their personality on the ice and and figuring out if the Flyers can match up against that in terms of, you know, that top line that the Bruins have is just a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, with Ellis continuing to be out, I just I question whether they can stop them defensively, even though Justin Braun obviously is having like the year of his life right now and stepping up offensively. And actually, his shots looked a little bit better. 
last night than they have in in the past few games. But, you know, I, I think that they have a real strong opportunity to win this game. They have had success against Boston recently, but I, I just worry about them being able to put everything together. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're Boston, you may not be worried about um, putting the Flyers on the power play because they're like four for 40. So you might take a few chances. Marshawn might do that. And you never know what might happen with that because if the Bruins get on the power play, that could be a problem for the Flyers. So it might be a situation of if the Flyers' power play gets a goal or two, they can win the game. If they're still relying on winning five on five, it makes it much tougher. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. But uh, we we will see what happens with that. I wonder what kind of line adjustments they might make against Boston or if they're going to want to stick with what they did tonight in order to keep some consistency because, again, they play Tampa again so soon. Yeah, my fear is they're going to – that this is it. And that's why Giroux said that. No changes. So I think that one of the things that they're going to have to do against Boston is, you know, in order to keep that momentum going in this difficult period with lots of tough opponents is really get that third line going. And, you know, obviously Konechny, I think, looked really good in this game. Um, but he, I think he carried that line to some degree. And so, you know, how do we get, even though Lawton has the speed, like he had a couple of rushes that looked really good, but it didn't end up in anything particularly. I mean, Konechny scored a beautiful goal against Vasilevsky. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't get that goal, what happens with that game? Like you can make that argument. So that's fair. And he, you know, and I think, you know, the screen that he had in front for the, uh, for the final goal would have hit off his back leg. Maybe did, maybe didn't. Either way, he was, you know, a problem for Vasilevsky. So he did have a big game. So right now he is going to be the guy driving it. I think, you know, the, the offense really dominated that game last night in terms of, you know, what you noticed. And there wasn't a ton of like, not necessarily like good or bad. It was just kind of the defense just kind of did its job. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I thought there's maybe a little slippage, uh, late in that game with uh, Ristolainen, but otherwise, you know, that pairing's been solid as a shutdown pairing. And for the most part, I do feel like the defense did their job. Nick Sealer, you know, he blocked some shots, but I don't think he was particularly great. But for the most part, as a unit, yeah, what you said is true. Talk about something a little bit frivolous, but also important in some ways. I was kind of insulted on behalf of Brian Elliott that they did not have a video package for him. If they would have if he was starting, they would have. The fact that he didn't start, I think was the reason. But what I did chuckle about was when they did show him on the board, Bogosian had to like nudge him a couple times cuz he was just like chewing his gum. He was like in his own world, not paying attention. So it was it was kind of funny, but I think that's the reason they did that. They knew he was going to be the backup so they didn't do it. If he was starting, I think they'd have done it. I don't know, like with a goalie, and obviously it's he's a backup goalie. The chances of him starting were not high in the in this game, so you just do the video package anyway, right? You're 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 right. I'm just giving you an answer that was sort of like the consensus in the press box. But you're right. Ultimately, if you want to do the video, you do the video. All and right, they and they didn't. So, 
well, maybe we'll get another chance at some point. <laughs> well, like, I guess not, actually. No, well, that, that was the one chance. That was, yeah. they're not going to do it again. Ah, well. Well, we we appreciate you, Brian Elliott. You, you had some good games for the Flyers. You kept us in it when we probably shouldn't have been. So thank you from us. <laughs> and Carter Hart. I mean, he saved Carter Hart's bacon more than a few times. Well, that's true as well. Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football and hockey action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we are back with our gritty thing of the week. It's just me to wrap up the show today with that segment. So first up from the alumni game, we did talk about it earlier in the week on the Tuesday show, but always worth talking about gritty again. And of course, it was the moment where gritty denied uh, Scott Hartnell was our guest on yesterday's show if you haven't listened to it you should go back and listen to it but gritty denied uh being a relation to scott hartnell which is always funny i think it's so cool that there's so many guys on the team that either claim to be like related to gritty or are his best friend and you know from kevin hayes and claude Giroux to now cam atkinson Of course, Jake Voracek, who we miss uh, having him in terms of the red hair crew on the team and, you know, being Gritty's like long lost twin or something like that. But uh, that was a good moment from the alumni game with Scott Hartnell. And then we had a game of disc golf going on out on the ice. Gritty, of course athletic as always was super good at that I've never played it but it looks really really difficult and I am suitably impressed at Gritty's disc golf skills I think a fan like uh, challenged Gritty to a disc golf competition and uh, I, I don't know what the result of that was but it looks like daunting task to try and be gritty at anything athletic at this point then we had the moment where gritty stole somebody's hat who was wearing an austin matthews jersey in the crowd just rips the toque right off his head and throws it across. I think he did get it back at some point, but uh, it was a moment 
And, you know, if you're going to get in Gritty's face, like, if you're going to mess with the bull, you get the horns, as they say. And uh, Gritty isn't going to take anything on that front. There was also a small child behind that guy that I was worried about that maybe the guy would, like, fall back into him. But he, he was okay. So... That was a, another fun moment. And then we had our Hockey Fights Cancer game last night, of course, for the game against the Lightning. Lots of really great moments from having a cancer survivor uh, bang the drum at the beginning of the game to, you know, a ceremony prior to the game starting, just recognizing everybody who has had to live with cancer and uh, survivors and and current cancer patients and just bringing awareness I think is is always good and I think that you know they they honored Oscar Lindblom quite effectively but in Gritty's case Gritty looks good in purple by the way I think Gritty should wear that jersey more often just because it looks good Gritty held up a sign at some point in terms of you know the who are you fighting for signs that you can uh, put somebody's name in that's important to you that has battled cancer and uh, Gritty sign said the grit is in so that's you know for all of us which is Gritty is for all of us and so I think that just is a lovely sentiment and just goes to show you in one fell swoop gritty can go from being super athletic to confrontational to heartwarming all in one bit and that's why we love him so much that'll do it for today's show thanks so much for listening we'll be back again on monday We'll recap the game against the Bruins and have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Russ is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks again for listening and have a great weekend. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 